0: I feel like Instagram is just consistently writing little free concepts of a book. So it's always in the back of my head that I really, really want to write a book. I just haven't done it yet.
1: Welcome to You Should Write a Book About That. My name is Kim O'Hara. I'm an intuitive book coach at A Story Inside, and I'm interviewing fascinating people from all walks of life who have a story to tell. Do they have a book in them? Stick around and find out. Board-certified holistic health coach Jill Annenberg-Lawrence has always had a love affair with wellness. What I appreciate and know about her is her fearless and ballsy approach to life. Growing up in an Italian family with a dark and a bit dirty humor in her DNA, she sprinkles that edge to her coaching. So she's kind of part stand-up comic, part environmental toxin expert, and so much more. She advocates for animals because that's what feeds her soul. It's so good
0: to have you here today, Jill. Yay! I'm so happy to be here with you. Girl, anything with you, anywhere, anytime. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I met you at a sh- no sugar workshop,
1: which I'm 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 butchering the title, but we'll just call it because you had like a really cute title for it. But I'm just gonna call it the no sugar workshop. And I just love the way you brought women together to talk. Like I didn't know these women, and and we were there like in this wonderful setting talking about nutrition in a fun way, but also with really solid nutrition facts. How did you build this kind of coaching style for yourself and what was your inspiration?
0: Thank you, first of all. And it was called Sweet Summer Fling because we did it during the summer.
1: That's right. <laughs> so we wanted
0: to have fun with it. Yeah. Um. So building all of that, I love being around a group of strong women or women who want to become stronger and empowered. And I think when we have a small group that can be vulnerable and share from a place of just authenticity that allows everybody else to show up as their real authentic person. And for me, when I sprinkle in a bit of humor and have fun with it and also share, I'm not perfect with sugar. That's why I did the workshop because part of it is you educate on things that you want to make stronger for yourself. So I love to be able to bring people together in a fun way, but also where it's a bit of edutainment, you know, where you're educating, but you're also entertaining at the same time.
1: I love that. Edutainment. That's a great word. (laughs) So I remember there, I remember there were these truffles at the event, you know, and I couldn't believe they were sugar-free and you were like, oh, you know, you don't have to have two. You could just have one. We're all like, what do you mean? We want nine, right? So what are your Mm -hmm. go-to sweets that are
0: healthy? Okay. So any of the high fiber fruits as a dried fruit, I think of as nature's candy So, uh, the high fiber ones are apples, pears. Um, the figs are fantastic too. Like I know that it's not candy, dried pineapple, dried mango, like those things, because they're so sweet, truly a small amount will get that sugar fix for you. I also, that day made these, They happen to be gluten-free. I'm not gluten-free, but they're made with almond flour, maple syrup, coconut oil, chocolate chip cookies. They're delicious. And out of the onion, out of the onion, out of the oven, I legit will have like four or five. They're so good. But they don't give you a sugar hangover because it's all real food ingredients from the earth, which is what I'm about. Like swap out the bullshit and put in foods that actually feed you and make you feel good. The fat from the coconut oil, maple syrup has all these antioxidants and other vitamins in it. The fat from um, uh, the fat from the almonds and the almond flowers that keeps you satiated. So you don't need to have 10 cookies. Five will be fine. And I say that because I do have five when I make these cookies, but it doesn't give you a sugar hangover. It doesn't make you feel bad. You don't wake up the next day feeling like your brain exploded. So there always is a swap and that's what I like to keep in my house are healthy swaps.
1: That's amazing. And I do use maple syrup now in almond cookies and mm-hmm. I do have to say, though, and my children do the same. There's nothing like licking maple syrup off a plate. <laughs> you know, you try and do it I privately <laughs> <laughs> in the in the privacy of your own home, but it's just so good. And you're Italian, which I said in the opening. So you know, I'm Italian. We love food. You know, we love cake and cannolis and all that. So. You had mentioned that, which I love about you, is that you will go to a party and you sometimes will have a sweet. You're not like, oh, no, I never have sweets. Tell us how you do that moderation.
0: Sure. So, yes, I, I mean, we talked about this the other day. I will 100% get down on, like, the fun stuff at a party. But because I have the balance, which is – I get up in the morning, I do a workout, I drink tons of water. Yes, I drink coffee, but I also double fist it with a glass of water for two reasons. My dental fr- <laughs> my, de- my friend who's a dental hygienist, her name's Lindsay, she always says when you drink coffee, drink a glass of water so that you rinse the stains off as you're drinking it so you can keep your teeth white, but then also it keeps you hydrated. Um, I'll eat a a salad before I go to the party. Just try to balance out so that I have all this healthy stuff in me. I always say keep your house very clean and healthy So that when you do go to parties or you go out to dinner, that's when you can treat yourself and have a good time and enjoy life because this is all about a lifestyle. It's not a diet. It's not something you do every now and again. It's just how you live your life. So if I go out and someone has that big tub of red vines, I'll probably eat probably four to seven of them, if I'm going to be honest, because I never eat them. So when I do... I'm going to go all in.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And I'm imagining you in the corner doing that, of course, with your whole like little five one Mm -hmm. self, you know, in the corner eating red (laughs) vines. And when you say keep your house clean, you're not telling them to dust. You're telling them to have healthy ingredients and clean ingredients, right?
0: Yes. And in terms of keeping your house clean non-toxic products, you want to use chemical-free stuff so that your house is kept in order and you're not messing with your hormones that you're craving things because toxins and hormones are all messed up. But also, what do you put on the counter? If you have a cookie jar on the counter, that's what you see, so you're going to reach for that. But instead, if you replace it with a bowl of apples or a bowl of grapes, when you walk by, you're just instinctually going to grab for what's there. So just replace it with something better. So clean is also clean foods that you put into your body. So if you have the option of much better products and produce and veggies and all of these things that are prepped and ready for you you have a clean fridge whereas you didn't just buy the carrots and let them die in the bag you took them out you shredded them you chopped them up so they're ready to go the whole thing is preparation so that you prepare yourself so when you come home starving you're not just like screw gonna order a pizza I can't even think of what to have you have some stuff prepped and ready to go <laughs> yeah the sad the sad hopeful <laughs> yet dying bag of carrots
1: that you were going to make like a healthy vegan gumbo with, you know, and now it's like if there was only a feeding farm you could go to with them because that's about all they're good yes. for at
0: that point, right? Yes, exactly. And that's the habit I try to get in myself because I, believe me, I get tired and I get cravings and sometimes I just want to have pizza too. But if I come home from the market and I prep my stuff and I have it ready to go or i even just conscious of what's in my fridge, which right now, right now I'm very conscious of what I have because we're not going to the market all that often. It really helps with what you're going to eat and how to plan out all the different meals throughout your day.
1: Yes, I agree. And you do all these great videos and newsletters and you know, you slip you know, you slip in these little racy sides <laughs> sometimes, which I think are so fun. These innuendos. And you know I always have told you you should write a book about your life and health with this voice of yours. Where did that darker,
0: more stand up comic self come from? Oh my gosh. Well, thank you. Honestly, since I was a little girl, I've always had a dirty sense of humor. I'm the middle child. I'm very close with my brother and sister, bros, 18 months older sister, 16 months younger. So we all grew up very tight knit and best friends with my brother's friends. And I I wanted to be a boy. I just was like, Oh no, I got this. I can lift it. Oh, you guys are doing that. Oh, I can drink like that too. Like I just always felt like I had something to prove and I loved making people laugh. And when there was, hard times or things were sad or uncomfortable. I wanted to break the ice and make light of it and make people feel better. And I still do that to this day, but I'm a lot more conscious and coming from a healthier place when I do it. But the the humor, I just think there's so much stuff in life that's so dark that it's just way more fun to come from a place of lightness slash the dark humor because no one Thinks that a five foot one cute little girl would have the sense of humor, and I'm like, oh yeah, fuck you. Who are you to define who I am?
1: (laughs) I'm glad that you've now officially you've officially made this episode explicit. Thank you very much. (laughs) Mm,
0: My apologies. (laughs) No
1: worries. Like, Like if that's what people are looking for, let's let's get we'll get we'll give we'll give them that. It's just a little swearing, but when you saw women out there in the stand up, you know, community. How did they look at themselves? Like, what did you think was broken about that community?
0: I like self-deprecating when it's coming from a place of humor, but it's very evident when it's coming from a place of lack of love for yourself. And I don't think we should ever put ourselves down in order to make other people feel better about themselves. We should talk about what our struggles are and our adversity and how we got past that. And it built us up to make us stronger. You know, we become stronger because things are hard, but we just keep working that muscle and we get bigger and better. And so our comfort zone then grows. So I think it's it's making jokes and being silly in light of things that have happened because you're coming from a place of strength, not from a place of beaten down weakness.
1: Thank you. Cause I I've seen some, you know, female stand-up comics and they seem like they're trying to like be men. And I'm like, no, no, no. You know, that's just you're just coming off as kind of tacky and not very funny. And I don't get the gist that you were like that at all. Um and and I don't get the gist that you would be that as a writer, you know, since the you came to one of my writing workshops a couple of years ago and I know you enjoy writing. What has happened with your writing since I last saw you in that venue?
0: Yeah. And by the way, you're an amazing coach. I love the prompts that you gave us and you create such a, a safe space to write and then to read and express what we wrote. It was a really cool workshop. I, so I came home, I was all excited and I started writing a, a bunch of different stories from just what I've learned and from college. And then life happened and I kind of stopped. I write a bunch of wellness blogs and I write for other people. And, you know, I feel like Instagram is just consistently writing little free concepts of a book. So it's always in the back of my head that I really, really want to write a book. I just haven't done it yet. (laughs) But you enjoy
1: writing. Like I get the, I get the sense that you really do enjoy it. And it
0: sounds like it, it, you sprinkle it into your business. Oh, big time. Yes. I love writing. I even just journaling, you know, a lot of people don't want to journal because they don't enjoy writing. I love writing. I love expressing myself. I love hearing other people speak and having great dialogue. Words come easy to me. Spelling comes easy The grammar. I feel like I'm the dork in that sense. But yeah, I really do truly love writing. And even, you know, if I'm doing a presentation, I'm writing at first, but I like the opportunity of just kind of letting things flow as well, where it's not super scripted. Like you kind of just let things top of mind flow out without tons of structure around it because that's where I think the real stuff happens that's why I always love ad-libbing and improv and stand-up and then doing that in presentations now because it just keeps it real and I'm all about how do you keep life authentic and real and genuine because that to me is what attracts me to other people Yes,
1: exactly. For
0: people to be spontaneous, for sure.
1: And I and and when you yeah. were writing, you were writing about your drinking days, which were, you know, fun. <laughs> and also, uh, like, you know, there was like some, some sadness about it, because it was a part of your life that you were going to make a healthy decision to give up. But what I thought was funny when we were recently talking is that you were talking about how, like, even when you were drinking, and it wasn't good for you, you know, basically spiritually to some degree, you were healthy, like
0: (laughs) and now you even give healthy (laughs) tips. So tell us about healthy drinking. (laughs) Yeah, so I am I'm 13 and a half years sober. And when I first stopped drinking, I only drank from 18 to 25. And I I joked that my career was jam packed with drinking all over the world and with all different types of people. And from day one, I blacked out and I knew it wasn't normal the way that I drank or how it affected my body. But I just thought I was young. And I, you know, I was 18. And I was 20. Like, this is how it is for everybody. And then when I was 25, and I was living with my brother, he said, I really think you should take a breather, get your act together, get your head straight, and get a new circle of friends. (laughs) I still have a lot of the same friends that I've had my whole life. But I definitely weeded out the ones that were not on, like you said, a healthy spiritual path, and supported me in positive lifestyle choices. And it was one of the easiest things I ever did. I was going to take a three-month break. Three months turned into six. And then after six months, I was like, you know what, what if I just was sober for a year? And then after a year, so many things positively changed. I got to know myself again. I refound the crazy, silly, jilly that I was in high school without anything. And my confidence grew way more than it did ever with vodka or Captain Morgan and, yeah, now I'm conscious if I make a jackass out of myself, I choose to. I know what I'm <laughs> saying and doing. <laughs> and it's very empowering. Um, and coming from a health standpoint, oh, my gosh, the worst thing that we can do is to put alcohol into our bodies and then all the greasy food we choose to have after that. And the circle of friends that you party with usually don't have your best interests in mind. So right. I'm very proud of that.
1: And you, we were laughing about how you used to drink, you know, with crystal light, you know, mine was tab and rum. Okay. So I'm right there with you. And now though, people can drink in a, you know, especially moderate drinkers in a healthy way. I think you said you had a couple recipes that you suggest to people.
0: Yeah. So I always say, make sure you swap out any sodas because just in general, we don't want to be drinking soda for a variety of reasons. But if you're doing just soda water or sparkling water, pellegrinos, that's great. Squeeze a fresh citrus, lime, lemon, grapefruit. All of those are high in antioxidants and clear out your system. Pomegranate juice is crazy high in antioxidants and you only need a little bit. That with sparkling water, squeeze a lime, amazing. Um, I also love kombucha. The ones that are lower in sugar, of course, cranberry, ginger, they have lemon, Kombucha is so good for our digestion. It's high in probiotics. So that's a really great mixer. You could make matcha tea, let it cool down, you know, refrigerate it and mix. I don't know what you would do, like gin or vodka with some matcha and a squeeze of lime and mint. That would be delicious. So there's a lot of mixers <laughs> out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> No,
1: my my drinking days were like basically pretty much over by the time everything fun started to happen. So I come from the days of like chocolate martinis, which is like, oh, mm. God, so bad for you. But those are really good tips. And, you know, the one thing that you do as a service, and I know there's so many things that you do for people with food, but that I find fascinating is you go into people's homes, you're sort of like the clothing stylist of food, right? So you go into people's People's homes, you take a look at what they have in there, and then you shop for them. So how do you approach this amazing skill, and and how do you have tact with it, and what do you love about
0: it? Wow, thanks. A couple parts to that question. So for me, looking into someone's fridge and pantry, freezer, and to see what types of foods, what types of products that they have, it's very easy for me to know what a one to four swaps would be how to then integrate that into different recipes to explain to them in an easy to understand way why it's healthy to eat those foods. I get it that not everyone's into the science and what it does and molecularly, they don't care. They just want to know quick, give me one sentence why it works. So that's just one of my natural instincts. My my mom's side, Battaglia, the Italian side are amazing at organizing and cleaning. My dad's side is like that too, but yes, I, Sorry, dad. Yes, you guys are just as organized. But I get this like ace, like I'm on track when I clean and organize. It's so fun for me. So when I go into someone's home, it's with the understanding and their permission of here, I'm going to open up my fridge and I want you to tell me I never offer advice. I've learned the hard way unless somebody asks me because it's not up to me what they're eating and consuming unless they ask for advice. So when I go in there, it's under that pretense. So it makes it a lot easier and they're open and they're ready. If someone's not ready and they don't want to make a change, they're not going to. So it's really fun. We go through. I take everything out. It turns into a whole thing where I wipe everything down, clean it out. And then we only put back in the products that are beneficial to their life and what their health goals are. And then we make a big list and then we go shopping together. And it's so fun. I hate to shop in a mall. I love to shop in a grocery store. That's where I thrive. That's so interesting I'm exact I mean,
1: I just really dislike shopping in general, but I don't really mm-hmm. mind food shopping i mean if if this could be Europe and we could shop at like a little store every day for our food, that would be amazing. Uh, yes, <laughs> that would be amazing. Yes, it
0: would be so fun.
1: So what are some of the mm-hmm. craziest food habits you know, if you could think of one that you've seen in people that you've either gone into their home or they've come to you to get help? What is, like, something they've wanted to break or not want to do anymore?
0: Probably a few different things. Uh, I had one person who just loved Nutella, and she would legit bring it into the shower so that she didn't have to share it with her kids and put it on the rack. <laughs> <laughs> it <laughs> sounds, sounds like something was. I do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so we had to come up with other places that she could have her alone time and eat something delicious in her solitude without any disruption. That was a better option for her. her. Um, A lot of people and you know, some people are into the intermittent fasting, but it doesn't work for them. And so by noon they're eating everything in the house. Other people would have zero snacks on their commute back home from work. And an hour goes by, they get home and they eat a box of cookies before having dinner. So it's building in, what are you already doing? And then a better habit that can go along with it. So I would tell them, Hey, so for your commute home, let's make a cup of chamomile tea so that you can have, you know, some relaxation, you come home happier to your spouse or your kids, or even just to your roommate or yourself. And then I would say, okay, what do you want to eat? Let's have, you know, you're not eating enough fruit. Let's have a green apple and some almonds or, You know, let's have what's in season. Let's have a fresh organic peach and some pistachios, you know, like something where it's mixing some things that they need to get more of a bag of vegetables. And, you know, I always like to mix nuts with stuff or seeds just for the healthy fats and their plant based protein and the different vitamins and minerals. But it's it's building in habits with things that you're already doing so that it feels easy. Yeah,
1: I agree with that. I love that Nutella. I think that there's probably so many <laughs> kooky, uh, you know, food stories going into people's homes and looking at how they deal with food um, and just <clears throat> I've had those experiences before with people I know and just been like, wow, like I didn't know someone bought that kind of gravy in the box anymore. That just can't be right for you. Like and looking at it, and seeing right? there's actually no real food in it, you know, and just be like, wow, some people are still really in. The 80s with their food purchases still, you know, which I find really fascinating. If you were tomorrow, you got a day pass and you could throw all that you know aside and could have one meal, what would it be?
0: Two years ago, I went to the Pomona Fair with my best friend, cousin Christine, and her husband. And we had this humongous donut that was stuffed with fudge and topped with Oreos. I would do that. (laughs) And a cup of black coffee.
1: Oh, my God. How did you feel after that?
0: Oh, like, shit. I felt horrible. (laughs) Because I also had a corn on the cob with garlic salt. And then they had these two-foot-long licorice, I told you. I love licorice and not only did I have one, but I had two because I said, Well, I never go to the fair and I won't have an opportunity to eat this again. So I'm going big and I did. And I literally had the biggest stomach ache at the end of the night. But it was worth it. It was fun. So <laughs> it was a splurge.
1: If, so if someone is planning on going to any kind of like fair and they have them well, right not right now, but in the future, they can just splurge and then come see you after. For your to get them back on track with their tea and their kombucha, <laughs> it yes. was really, it was really, really wonderful talking to you. I love what you're doing out in the world and keeping everyone healthy, and I love your positive vibes. And I can't wait to see more of what you're going to do in the future.
0: Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate it, and i I thank you for having me on. And when I do write a book, which I hope it's sooner than later, we'll be spending a lot more time together.
1: Absolutely you've been listening to You Should Write a Book About That. To make sure you never miss an episode, find us and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to know more about how to write a book, check us out at astoryinside.com.